Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Love for Breakfast. My name's Crystal Rose, and I am your host. And you know, I discovered a chat I had with my friend Sandy that got kind of buried somewhere. So today I'm going to put that out for you and we're talking about anxiety. So I hope you guys love this episode. As always, hit me up on my social media and let me know what you think. Thank you, Crystal, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we have a little initiation we like to do called goals, gratitude, and badassery. So what is one goal you have right now? Like one big goal. So I'm in the midst of it. And I I decided this year I wanted to put on my own um, summit. So I've organized a self-love, wink, wink, (laughs) self-care summit for women with anxiety. And I've never orchestrated one of these on my own. I've participated in them before, but um, that's my goal is to to stay on schedule and put together... um, you know, the, the best event I can and, and learn as much as I can through the process. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot to learn. Those are, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to those things. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And gratitude. What are you grateful for? Um, you know, I, what I've been thinking about lately is how grateful I am to my clients they don't know this, <laughs> but um, they help keep me accountable to stay on my own path and to use the same tools that we use together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, because I have to, you know, you have to just stay on top of it, stay on top of your your growth. And it's so easy when you're tired and you're stressed and you're overwhelmed to just fall back on those old habits and totally forget that you have an entire toolbox full of tools to, to take out when you need them. Mm. And, um, you know, I, that's just something I've been stepping into more this year is, is this gratitude that I have for the, the beautiful women that I work with. Love that. Yeah. It's really important um, when you're coaching people to be in integrity with yourself, you know, because it's easy to help (laughs) other people through their problems. But when you have your own stuff to work on too, we can't forget about that. Absolutely. (laughs) And badassery. So what is something you've done recently that you're like really proud of or um, that you think is pretty badass? Well, what comes to mind is, is, it goes back to the summit. And the reason for that is it is so far out of my comfort zone. So I I had a lifetime of anxiety. And for me, it was mostly social anxiety. Mm. And I've just reaching out to one doing any of this was just nothing that ever would have been possible with this fear of oh my God, what are other people going to think of me? Mm. You know, are they going to be judging me? They think, uh, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. And so just even stepping up and doing this, but every time I get off the call, like I'm connecting with people I don't know that I've never met before, getting on these Zoom calls with them, orchestrating it and having to like create 
boundaries around my time too, because Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, well, we need to schedule this and you know, you need to show up on time and you need to get this stuff to me on time. Like I want to be compassionate and super flexible, but also I have to set these boundaries. And this, during this whole process, I keep, I, I keep hearing this little voice pop up and say, Ooh, the old you would have been so anxious at this. The old you would have done this. The old you would have done that. And it's just making me feel so proud. And that's, I guess the badass version of me is being able to, you know, meet new people and not get so spun up about it. Yeah. It probably makes it a little bit easier when we're meeting them on the internet, huh? A little bit, but I mean, honestly, my social anxiety was so bad that even just getting on the phone with a customer service rep was like, Oh yeah. A nerve wracking (laughs) experience. And I couldn't even have pinpointed why I didn't even have the tools to know why at the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a meme going around and it's like, you need like a 30 minute pep talk or something to make like a 40 second phone call. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I feel that. So talk to me about, about anxiety and like, what's your relationship to it? Like what, what made you, um, you know, find, dig in and find what you found in order to help yourself in this space? So my, my path out the, 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 the catalyst was the sleep. So I had, Mm. uh, you know, anxiety driven insomnia for so, so long. And it was, I don't know, late twenties, early thirties, maybe. And at one point having to switch doctors and then this new doctor said, Hey, these, uh, these two drugs that your past doctor had you on, you're not supposed to take them together. So I'm taking you off of this one. And my instinct was, I was so mad at her. Like Mm -hmm. you are taking away this thing that I need and (laughs) I'm not going to be able to sleep. And, um, you know, we tried some new stuff and, and just through that process, I reached a point where I realized, you know what, I'm going to want to have kids eventually. I probably can't take this stuff while I'm pregnant. And you know what? I'm going to need to figure out how to sleep without needing a crutch. Mm. And through that journey, I realized, you know, through my whole life, I didn't realize I had anxiety. I thought, okay, I have a sleeping problem. I have a stomach problem. I'm just not lucky enough to have been born confident. You know, all of Mm. these, you know, things that would point to everything other than the thoughts in my head yeah, (laughs) that are driving all of this. And so that's what I learned through that process is I don't have a sleeping problem. I have a thinking problem. And um, it led me down this path to get to the root cause of the problem instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on symptom relief, which I had been doing for so long. Um, And and that, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yes. Symptom relief is, is super important. You need to feel better during your journey, but you got to get down to the root of what's really going on to, if you want to make real change. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very interesting too. I think that's really common across so many industries um, and so many aspects of life. You know, we are looking at things like emotional eating and, um, you know, addictive behaviors and even just like perfectionism and things like that. And there's a root to everything. And when we focus on the behavior, we're really just putting a bandaid on a bullet wound and we are, you know, maybe this particular behavior is damaging and we can change it, but it becomes something else because we haven't really gotten to the root cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you work mostly with moms, working, working moms, working women. Tell me about that. Well, career-driven women and and working moms, women who basically um, are 
super driven, have high expectations of themselves and are super hard on themselves. So after Mm -hmm. a few years of doing what I do in coaching women with anxiety, the, the underlying theme across all of the women has been women being super hard on themselves. And it's a strategy that's just not working out for them. And they, they, they need to learn a new tool, a new way. Yeah. The unworthiness wounds are deep. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a deep one. The unworthy one. Yeah. So what did you, what did you discover? Is this what you did? Are you your client a few years ago? Is that a hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A hundred percent. You know, you hear, you hear the, the, the voice in your head saying, Oh my God, you're, you're definitely not as good as these other people or they're, you know, they're definitely making fun of you. You hear it and you believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I was just having a conversation like an hour ago with a, with a woman who's going to come on, on, the, on the summit. We're talking about the, the concept of you are not your thoughts. Right. And that I remember hearing that for the first time in my journey. And it was really like a furrowed brow moment of what? What is it? <laughs> if I'm not my thoughts, what am I? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. And um, that that non-identification with the ideas in your head is that's, that's the space where change happens when you, when you're able to step back and without even changing anything at all, being able to step back and observe, Oh, Mm -hmm. that's an, that's a story that I'm telling myself. That's an idea that I've attached to Um, just gives you, it's the most subtle, but profound like step to the left to look at something from the, just the slightest different angle. And from there you have this space to make change. Yeah. I, that's just my favorite space. <laughs> yeah. That's, I love that. You're preaching to the preacher girl. Cause <laughs> this is, a, you know, it's a huge part of the work I do and, and realizing that for myself, like, Oh, my thoughts are just part of me. You know, I've got my emotions and I've got my intuition and like my thoughts are just the loudest. So of course Mm -hmm. we pay attention to that and we identify with every single thought, but when you can step out and become the observer, there's so much power there and so much power in that like discernment of, is this real? Is this true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Asking questions. That's exactly, Mm -hmm. that's it. It gives you the opportunity to ask those questions, to be able to step out of that fixed tunnel vision mindset and, and step into curiosity and, and open mindset and figure out, okay, well, how is, how might this not be true? Mm. (laughs) What's the story I'm telling myself here? Yeah. Where did the story come from? Is this, is this my voice? Is this someone else's voice? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. This is such a, um, such a personal topic to me too, because anxiety has been something I had struggled with for a really long time and sleeping issues since I was like five, probably Mm. or younger. So there's a whole cocktail of, of stuff going on. Um, and just being able to find that like freedom in, in healing, anxiety and depression and just like, you know, things that are, uh, really consuming, you know, and we, we really feel like we can't, we're stuck like this. This mm-hmm. is just who we are. This is just what we have to deal with. It's just how we are. You don't understand what it's like to yeah. deal with this or, you know, and, and it can, we can heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that feeling like, you know, this is just the way I am. Mm. And, you know, I remember, I remember feeling that way. I'd, I'd look at these people who they look like they're genuinely happy 
and enjoying life. And I knew on the outside, I kind of looked like that. Like I can make my face look like that and I can make my voice sound like that. But on the inside, it was just, it was tight and twisted and so uncomfortable on the inside. And I would look at these people who seemed to embody what I really wanted to experience, which was, you know, actual joy. Mm -hmm. And I thought either that person was just born lucky or they're faking it. Mm. And when you get stuck in that mindset, it's really that stuckness. That's, that's the flag. That's, that's the, that's the big sign that says now is time to look at this from a different perspective. Now Mm. it's time to, to ask some questions and to, to dig because you're only looking at it from one perspective. Yeah. Know, we have we have this natural negativity bias in us, which is which is perfectly fine. We have that uh, to keep us safe. But our ancestors who were on the lookout for mountain lions lived longer than the ones who sniffed flowers. It's just a fact of life. But we're not <laughs> being pursued by mountain lions on a daily basis. So when we're you know dealing with anxiety and we're so triggerable that that amygdala just gets boom fired up just so quickly mm. to to just focus in on the negative at the exclusion of everything positive. You get a 95 on a test, you focus on that 5% that you didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that we're like that. (laughs) In comparison, you know, um, that's, that's a big thing too. I think looking at someone, like you said, and just deciding that they're lucky, Mm -hmm. well, they're just better than me. They're just lucky or they're faking it like that. I think that's one of the things I hate so much. And I feel like it's kind of like a trendy thing going around to, I I know the intent is to make people feel better. Like, oh, people just show you the highlight reel. Like she's probably not that happy. And it's like, but what if she is? What if she is that happy? And what if her happiness has nothing to do with your happiness? And you can have that too. Maybe it's a mirror. Maybe she's your mirror saying, hey, you can be happy. You can have this too. We can both have it. It's not one or the other. I think that culture of toxic positivity has made us a little jaded when we see that now. Mm. And so then we start going down, you know, that, oh, that's not real. You know, I want to see the real stuff. And that's, that's the thing is we started seeing, I, I think people being vulnerable enough to share the ugly bits has started to bring down that shame and that separation, that isolation that we're all feeling like, oh, I'm the only one that feels this way because mm-hmm. every everything online was just smile and sunshine and beautiful bodies and happy families. Um, and so I feel like we, we're starting to crave that, uh, that connection of other people dealing with the same crap we're dealing with. Mm. So it makes us a little bit jaded. I think you're, I think you're totally right when, you know, we see that and like, mm, that, is that, is that really, is that really the picture? But, um, I think, I think recognizing the difference between jealousy and envy is really helpful when mm. it comes to looking at those picture perfect Instagrams. Um, when you're, when you're stepping into that jealousy mindset, it's, I want that. I don't want her to have that. I want to have that. It's mm. this, this lack mindset of there's only so much joy to go around or there's so much so much success to go around yeah. and so if you're if you're thinking I want that I don't want them to have that that's jealousy but if you look at it like ooh that's something I want to aspire to I like that that's a model that I want to step into mm-hmm. uh you can shift from that jealousy into the envy mindset and 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 recognize okay well that's that's an aspiration I think that's a, a beautiful goal of mine that's interesting the jealousy and envy I just 
I think we just label, you know, like, why are we labeling it? Why why do we care? Like, why are we gonna, why, why can't we believe that we can have it too? Yeah. You know? Cool. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your, your summit. What's, um, what's your goal? Um, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I think that first and foremost, I want to reach and support as many women as possible. I have my own voice and my own perspective on the tools that I teach and to help women through that journey. And, you know, it really resonates with a certain group of women who like tools to be uh, given to them that are really practical and, um, easy to understand when it comes to radical acceptance, self-compassion. They're very foreign concepts to a lot of women. And I explain them in a certain way, but everybody learns in a different way. So, you know, I always use Eckhart Tolle as an example. Um, if you've ever, if you're a fan at all, if you read the power of now, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, he's just one example of somebody who takes when you read it, it's like, oh, that's super obvious, but you put it in a different way where it like somehow makes this obvious thing like blow my mind. Mm -hmm. And so just even when we're going back, when we're talking about this idea of you are not your thoughts, somebody explains that in a slightly different way. It's like a light bulb moment goes off. So I wanted to pull together a group of, of women coaches and doctors and motivational speakers who really the, the end goal is to, uh, that we, we work with women is to help them, um, change that relationship with the inner monologue that they've been having and to be able to learn how to learn the tools to take control and to step into the best version of, of their life that they want to. Um, but we do it in so many different ways. I've got a tantric empowerment coach that takes a very different perspective. Somebody mm. coming at it from the, the law of attraction, all of these different, totally different ways to explain the same thing. Um, one, selfishly, it absolutely fascinates me and I could nerd out all day talking to these women about it. Yeah. But two, I want, I want to be able to inspire women who, um, women with anxiety who do not understand what self-love really is. Like it's a nice idea. It's a nice concept. If you, if you've never really experienced it though, if you've never really seen examples of what it actually truly looks like, then it's, it is, it's a foreign concept. It's like, well, what what am I going to love myself unconditionally with flowers and rainbows and sunshine? Like I don't get it. Mm. And so I want to make it easy to understand and to see what it looks like and to, to connect and relate with these other women's stories who have struggled with these things. Um, yeah. To make it tangible. Yeah. I like that. There's a lot of like, just love yourself, love yourself yeah. first. And okay, but how? Like, how, like we want, especially if you're a high achieving woman, like you want to know what the how is, or like, give me the roadmap to do yes. it. Just tell me how to do it. Um, and, and the how is, is not tangible. There's no, there's no like, okay, here's this step and then this step and then this step and then this step and then boom, you love yourself. It is like, it's an embodiment thing, you know? And I, and I think that translating that to women and getting them to really get on board um, and to also show up for themselves mm-hmm. first is yeah. a challenge. It is. It's a challenge. And, you know, these high achieving women, they're, they're super critical on themselves because it's just, the, the, if you think of the culture that we live in this, you know, when at all costs, failure isn't an option kind of a mindset. And, and we see, you know, boot camp style things of, you know, you know, push through, go, 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 go. And <laughs> you don't want to be a loser. And we start, we, we model, um, we, 
we model after this idea of being hard on ourselves in order to achieve our goals, but it also makes you feel like crap. So mm-hmm. this, so the idea of motivating yourself with kindness just feels feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you know what I what I want the women to walk away from this is not only to see what it looks like to motivate yourself with kindness instead of criticism. Um, and to, to learn the tools to do that, but to also understand that at first, it's not going to feel natural. You haven't been talking to yourself this way. I think, I think a lot of women kind of get stuck on that part, which is, okay, I said these positive affirmations and I said something kind to myself and I'm not instantly like in love with myself. What's the deal? It's not working. Mm. I'm going to give up. Yeah. I've, I've taken 14 bubble baths. <laughs> oh no, exactly. But I'm sure like, I'm, I'm sure you absolutely know, you know, when you, when you hear your recorded voice played back to you, how weird it sounds at first, you're like, mm. oh, gross, is that me? That's not, you know, that's not how I sound, is it? And I, it, the more you hear your voice played back, the less weird it sounds over time. And then eventually you don't even bat an eye. You hear, oh, that's the sound of my voice. That's what it sounds like. Um, and it's the same thing as you're learning how to be more self-compassionate, as you're learning self-love. Mm. It sounds weird at first. It's, it is you. It's just not the you you're used to hearing. So you got to keep practicing it. And over time, it's not going to feel so weird anymore. It's going to. I just have to, I mean, I'm about to, I'm about to curse, but like, I just think we need to acknowledge how fucked up it is that we have to learn, relearn how to be nice to ourselves. I know. What the fuck is that shit? Like what? we have to learn how to be nice. Oh, it doesn't feel natural to be nice to me, but we'll be nice to some jerk online because we don't want him to be mean to us. Yeah. It's crazy. It is funny that, you know, if you, you really listen to the words that you're telling yourself, yeah. not only, not only would you not talk to a friend or a loved one that way, a lot of times you wouldn't even talk to your worst enemy that way. No. So, yeah. and you know, one of the things I, I do with all my clients is we do this deep core values work to figure out what, what, Really, if I were to describe you in adjectives and <laughs> how you show up in the world, what would that be? And almost always, some variation of compassion, kindness, consideration shows up on that list somewhere. And I always ask them to define it. Mm. And it's always that definition to them is always about showing up in the world and being as compassionate as you can to other people because that's important to them. Mm. They never include in that definition them being a recipient of that of that compassion. Yeah. Damn shame. Which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So we shift that. (laughs) It's so crazy how we, um, our belief system shift and we just like ingrain these behaviors and thoughts and feelings. And we just don't believe that we're worthy of coming first. And then we are friggin' miserable because we're so busy trying to hustle for our worth and trying to people please for our worth And we forget that we, or we, yeah, we forget. I don't want to say we don't know. We forget that we are worthy just for being us. Yes, absolutely. It's, you know, because that the, those encouraging, motivating, kind words aren't coming from within that we're not validating ourselves from within. We're constantly looking for it externally. So that's Mm. why it hurts so much when somebody doesn't reply to your text because, oh, look, there's proof that I'm not good enough. Mm. (laughs) I didn't get that that validation from that person because it's got to come from somewhere. And so when you're going down that people-pleasing path, it's, it's seeking something that you're not 
you're not providing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the external ways to get your needs met. I mean, that's why if you have Mm. a destructive behavior, it's not the behavior. It's a coping mechanism. It's a way to get your needs met externally. And of course it doesn't work. Of course it wears off sometimes instantly, sometimes, Mm. you know, not takes a little bit longer. Um, And then you're left with nothing and you have to keep trying. Yeah. I mean, not to say that you shouldn't surround yourself with people who are positive and are going to say wonderful things about you. Sure, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but you shouldn't need that all yeah. the time from everybody else. Totally agree with that. So, Sandy, we like to end on a quote. Do you have a quote to share with us that may be something that you just like live by or maybe it's been hidden for you lately? <sighs> so, the one that I use and I use it on myself and I remind my clients of all the time is the simplest little thing that we all forget a lot. And Mm. that is you can do hard things. Yeah. You can, if it's hard and it's scary and you're afraid, don't forget, you can do hard things. You got this. Yeah. I love it. Where can everyone find you? Um, well, as I said, I, I spent a lot of time in my Facebook group. It's Graceful Resilience for Women with Anxiety. And even if you miss the summit, if this comes out after the summit, you know, those, those live resources, all that stuff is still going to be uh, within that group in the, it used to be called units. I think it's called guides now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to have all of those there. So if you want to check those out cool. um, and also when you join the group, you get access to uh, a free access to my stress detox mini course, or you can, um, uh, check out my uh, blog and other free resources I have on my website, which is stressandanxietycoach.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Loved our conversation. Thank you for having me, Crystal. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.